Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. everybody it's 1009 WTIC News Talk uh, 1080 Wilmarty show Wilmarty your host Matt's race our master ceremonies and you of course our beloved audience open phone lines not until 1030 860 522 9842 let's see here's a new ABC Washington Post poll out four out of ten Americans say this is coming from hotair.com so I, I have I have a high degree of trust uh, four out of ten Americans say that both Joe Biden and Donald Trump are too old to run and we need a new younger person uh, at the helm um, uh, let's see overall more than 43 percent of Americans say that both Biden and Trump are too old to serve new terms as president as they would be 82 and 78, respectively, on Inauguration Day. Yet again, there's a divergence between perceptions of Biden and Trump. Only only uh, about a quarter, 26%, say that Biden is too old, while 1% say Trump is too old. So, you know, obviously people, and, and you just put them together. I mean, that, that's why, why do you think they're not having any debates, that Democrats aren't having any any. Uh, 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 debates leading up to the, the election. Why, why are they going to not do that? Because they know if they put Biden up there, it gets destroyed. And um, it, it's, uns- it, you know, it infuriates me. I don't know that it, it should, but it infuriates me that the Democrat Party would be willing to run a candidate. They did it with Fetterman, you know, Lurch. They did it with Fetterman. You know, here's a guy that's un- incapable of being United States Senator, and and they let him run, and they put him up to it, and and same thing here with, with Biden, they prop him up, unbelievable. What do you think of that? I mean, I I think again, and and I think Biden's performance is horrible. I think the border situation is reason for treason, reason for treason. That's catchy, because he's not performing his primary function, which is to protect the citizens of the United States of America. Certainly not in the southern border. He's not. Then you've got the other guy, this uh, Myarchus, this this unbelievably ineffective clown. Um, 
claiming that the border is not open. And it hasn't been open. Well, what are you talking about? The border is a stinking piece of Swiss cheese. There's so many holes in it. America shows up at the Rio Grande Valley, the epicenter of the border crisis, crisis, Biden crisis, to say that the border is is the the situation at the border is a serious one, very challenging, very difficult one, but the border is not open. Well, what are you talking about? Of course, it's. <clears throat> Chief Paul Ortiz, the Border Patrol chief, said that 1,500 active duty troops will be dispatched to El Paso, Texas, adding to the 2,500 National Guard troops over there. This in anticipation of dropping the Title 42, that is going to be just a, a, a wash, a wash of refugees, of, of illegal aliens pounding our border. Unbelievable. I mean, I honestly, I think that alone, I think the border alone is reason for treason for Joe Biden, but falling on deaf ears, honestly. And I don't care. And people say, well, you, you know, if you get Biden on there, you're going to get stuck with Harris. I don't care because here's why. Justice is justice. It's, it's always right to do right. And this guy should not be president. This guy should be be held uh, charges of treason. And if we're stuck with Harris for two years, then we're stuck with Harris for two years. I I, I don't care. I don't care. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. What do you think? Do you care? Um. I I, I think it's a huge problem, and 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 we need we need to step up to it. I, I mean, I, I, and of course, you know, the way they get around this is, you know, because you can't use the active military for, for police actions. You, you know, you can't do that. Um, but they say, well, they're not going to be, they're not going to be front line. They're just going to be supporting the National Guard troops. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we buy that. I don't really care, quite honestly. I don't care if you put U.S. active military on the border everywhere armed with, you know, machine guns and close the border shut the border down make it a national emergency and finish the border wall that will help uh 860-522-9842 let's go to windsor and uh mark mark welcome to the show what's on your mind mark are you there all right we'll come back to mark can't uh can't hear mark for some reason um, you know, so the massive, massive boycott of Bud. Um, then the massive, we'll talk about this if we have time. The massive boycott of Fox. Fox is dropping like a lead sinker in the pond. Unbelievable amount of viewership Fox has lost since since the the, the walking the plank of, of Tucker Carlson. But, but Bud Light, just a horrible decision. They're trying to get away from it, trying to walk away from it. Um, but now, now you got the left, right? So first, the the right, the conservatives are boycotting Bud because of the transgender clown they put in as as an influencer, and uh, Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. It is gosh awful embarrassing to watch this kid's videos. I mean, he doesn't. He's not even a good guy. Forget along a, a, a convincible woman. Gosh. 
Anheuser-Busch has, has abandoned its attempt to woo the transgender crowd. Well, a son of a gun. Who would have thought of that? So now who wants to boycott? The, the liberals want to boycott Bud. Well, go ahead. Apparently, there's more conservatives that buy Bud than liberals anyway. They, they, those were the people we were trying to reach, right? Budweiser says. Too bad. Go ahead, but well, all six of you are gonna but get a boycott Budweiser. Unbelievable. Go ahead, fine. But I mean, you know, I don't. Again, I don't know who who's the, the bigger fool, Fox News or Budweiser. I mean, Budweiser. You have to say at least now they're they're realizing what. I mean, yeah, when you're getting your tail kicked as badly as they're in sales, you want to make an allowance for you know. And I, and I and I believe in second chance. I believe in redemption and forgiveness, and I'm willing to accept that uh, massive uh, mistake <laughs> Budweiser made. Um, and you know the people involved are not with the company anymore. And um, you know I, I'm willing to say that. I mean, again, I don't drink. I mean, I you know I haven't had a Budweiser. In fact. <laughs> funny story this is a true story the last alcohol i drank this is not at all this is a absolute 100 percent complete accurate story i'll remember like it happened yesterday the last alcohol i drank was a, a a a budweiser beer and i'll never forget it it was it was christmas eve and uh 1982 and I was at a friend's house, and it was just before midnight. And, and alcohol was a bad thing. And my problem with alcohol is there was no such thing as one. Uh, it wasn't one beer. It wasn't one shot. It wasn't one line of Coke. It wasn't one joint. It wasn't one anything. It was. I just couldn't. I very. I'm much more. I think. I think I'm much more controlled now. <laughs> Forty-two years later. <laughs> it's not like Kamala Harris. <laughs> um. But that when I was in my early twenties, I really had a problem with that, and so I I had recently you know found faith in in God in Jesus Christ, and I was thinking, man, I'm trying to do this thing with God. I I need to be legitimate, right? So it was just before midnight, Christmas Eve, and I got the bottle of Bud in my hand, and I took one last swig, and I put the bottle down. It was, and there's something when you do, there's something that is reinforcing about a decision you make that it's followed by a physical movement. And I put that bottle of Budweiser down. It was one of the tall, you know, like bar, uh, bar bottles, uh, put that bottle out and I haven't drank, haven't drank alcohol since then. Uh, and I, and again, I don't fault anybody does. I, I don't, the Bible doesn't make any kind of case that, you know, there's no prohibition against alcohol in the Bible. There's prohibition against getting drunk. Drunk people need to be concerned. But uh, there's no prohibition. So I, 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 and it was Bud. It was, it wasn't Bud Light. It was just regular Bud, brown bottle, Bud, red, white, you know, label Bud. But, but I remember it like it happened yesterday. I remember putting the bottle down and saying, "That's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this thing with God, and I'm gonna try to be legit." And I've, I've imperfectly, you know, tried to follow the Lord all ever since, and and He's been way better to me than I've been to Him. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Let us go to the calls, and let's go to um, uh, the center of the universe, <laughs> Waterbury. Charles, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? 
Hi, Pastor. I've heard this from a person who was listening to another program, that the state of Connecticut legislators passed a law. Yes. If you're a homeowner and a, a bear is in your yard, now I don't know if the bear has to be doing something wrong yes. or just in the yard, that they're allowing homeowners to shoot bears? There, there's a provision in the bill that if, if the bear is attacking a person, a pet, livestock, something like that, All right. uh, the homeowner can use deadly force to stop the bear. Yes, there was a provision but, added in. It's not. It's short of hunting. They're not going to do hunting. But, yes, right. I, we, we talked about that last week, and, and I think that's, that's, that is true. Yeah. But, Pastor, without any proper training, unless they're in law enforcement or the military and retired or whatever, fine. But a civilian, yeah, you don't know where you don't know where that bullet's going to travel if you miss that bear. That's a very unusual. That's yeah, but what, versus that's a what? liability versus what, for the Never mind get, that. Somebody could actually get killed. A child, a neighbor. Yeah, you know, a bear could kill a child or a neighbor. Or, right, or, but yeah, if pet. you're shooting at the bear in a panic and you're not experienced as a hunter, that causes a bigger problem, Pastor. Yeah. I, I think I think it compounds I, I, the problem. I think uh, private citizens at least have to have that option. And I don't know if people that aren't comfortable, you know, with shooting an animal like that. I mean, I don't hunt at all. I'm not a hunter. It's not that, I, I don't, it's not I don't what I'm talking people, about, Pastor. I'm talking I'm about saying, the inexperienced. I, I, most gun owners, most gun owners, take time and practice. True, but. The way it sounds, like a, because they're rifles, you don't have to wait two weeks or uh, trading. You could just go out and buy a rifle still as a civilian. With uh, Again, firearms, I, we have to go for training. We have to go for target practice. It's all part of getting your firearms permit. Are you getting a permit to own a rifle? No. Well, As a matter I mean, of fact, I was at a party last summer, July, yeah. and my grandchildren, seven grandchildren, six adults, a bear was right across the yard next to us, yeah. and it was this thin little wire fence, you know, between us and the bear. My son took a picture of the bear to show because I have problems with my eyes. This was a big black bear. Yeah. So he called animal control, his town, and they came right over. I, I don't think civilians, unless they have experience with rifles, should be shooting at bears. I mean, people, people are going to use... Whatever they can use, they're going to use to defend their 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 people. Of course, but so you know, you it could, could be hurt a handgun. Someone else. Could, what happens if well, you miss? You could. I mean, but again, I think Charles, it's it's. Do you take the chance that maybe you hurt someone else, or do you try to do something definitive to save your kid? You may kill someone else, Pastor. Please. But what about it's your kid rifle. being threatened? But Charles, you're not thinking Wait a minute. through. Do you understand what? the caliber? What the bear rifle? A gun? It's a seven millimeter mag rifle to kill a bear. Did you know that? Well, you could also kill the bear with a 12-gauge slug. My wife's grandfather used to be a hunter. That's how I know yeah. this. I know the Charles, it, you know what? Use. You're not. You're not going. You're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change your mind. I think it's but good it's that the, the citizens have civilian, an option That's not to protect. Your mind. It's the risk of killing a person by accident. That's but, the risk. But the, to ignore the risk of the bear killing a person, I you think is just as bad. You call the police department, Pastor. The by the time the police get Harper there, it's over, Charles. That's like that's like somebody breaks into your house. Somebody breaks into Pastor, your house. Stop, stop. You're, you're so difficult. When no, you Charles, have a strong, Charles, you're, you Charles. Have a str you can't understand if you kill a civilian, a neighbor, a passerby by accident because you missed the bear. What, what, what happens then? 
I it's hung up if, on me. It, it's a big if, Charles. It's a big if. Huh? That's all I'm saying. It's a big and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna protect my 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 people. I'm gonna protect. Yeah, but you my have four hundred acres of land where you live. Most no, people have. No, if they don't. have a half acre or less. Come on, Pat. No, I don't. It's not common sense. No. You call the police departments and bear our Charles, yard. Listen, we just disagree on this. Let's just no, let's but just say we disagree. And kill some innocent child. But I don't think that that's a reasonable. I don't think that's a reasonable explanation to not protect your child because you might hit somebody else. I don't think that's reasonable. Why? Well, you could use pepper spray. It's the biggest deterrent against uh, bears. No, all right, fine. Use pepper spray. I'm going to get a gun, and I'm going to uh, shoot the bear. That's it. That's it, Charles. Well, Thank I you for your call. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. 860 <laughs> Charles and I, once in a while, don't agree, and, and that's the way it works, and, and that's okay, and I still love them, and life is good. Uh, John, hang on. We'll get you right after the break. One call, and then uh, we've got a guest coming on at 1035 uh, to talk about the changing of bail in Connecticut. We're going to talk to uh, State Rep. Pat Callahan, come back. Right now, we're going to go to uh, uh, John in Wethersfield. John, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Pastor Will. How are you doing? Good, good. What's on your mind? I think you held your, your wrong grade with Charles. I think he shouldn't have a gun, but I think it's perfectly fine that you do. The thing was that he would not pledge on one issue, even though you were coming up with five or six. He's yeah. just you're acknowledging his argument. Yeah. He was not acknowledging yours, and he's, not, he's saying that you're not listening to him. With that being said, um, I'm hoping that after our conversation, you change the language that you use about the boycott for uh, Bud Light. Because yeah. it's not conservative. It's not just conservative that are boycott. I am a blue-collar worker. I am very conservative. But I have a lot of liberal friends that are also blue-collar workers that refuse to drink um, Bud Light. I have a buddy of mine who goes to who basically lives in the campground during the summer. He's like, you can't even see a Bud Light container anymore. They're changing to uh, Mellow Light, which I think is whatever. I, I'm of course, I'm of course, left right here. They do Mellow Light. You go to a campsite, there's no Bud Light anywhere. And let me tell you something. Believe you me, people at campsites are not conservatives. Okay. Yeah. So no, Bud Light's taking on the chin and, hard. It's like Fox News. Fox News right? is losing viewers like crazy. Bud Light got crushed. I agree that with the conservatives. But the thing is, is that I talked to uh, the liberal friends, and they think it's just, we don't care what you do. Just stop throwing it in our face yes. all the time. Amen. We don't care. We're trying to change us. We're trying to control our thoughts, and we don't like it. And that's yeah. what the whole thing is. It has nothing to do with conservatives. I think we should call it Americans. Americans are boycotting Bud Light because they're sick and tired of just being thrown in our face. Yeah, no, I think I so think can we please, right. can we call I, it I, Americans are boycotting? I we, say we I can. say, I say we say we Americans are boycotting. I see your I point, and, you. and I'm Thanks. glad that you're telling me that your liberal friends are boycotting as well. I think that's good. John, I got a break for the news. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back with State Rep. Pat Callahan. We're going to talk about this changing of bail in Connecticut. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Listen to the Will Marotti Show on the free Odyssey app. Download and like WTIC and follow Will Marotti today. All righty, welcome back. 1040. You know, I... Uh... I see what's happening around the country with with crime and particularly places like New York City and Los Angeles. And uh, it, it seems this increasing push to make it easier for criminals to uh, not be charged, be charged in lesser ways, get out of jail. And uh, unfortunately, there's some, you know, bleed over here into Connecticut. So there's a proposal that would uh, lower the, the the difficulty for for cash bond uh, bail cash bail and so we've got at least some folks that are justifiably concerned uh, Republican state rep Patrick Callahan from the 108th uh, district uh, is one of those and he's joining us now for the first time uh, Pat thanks for coming on good morning happy to be here so give our uh, give our audience a break, breakdown of the proposal of what they're trying to accomplish with this uh, cash bill. Sure. I think it's best if I uh, give you a quick background on how it works right now. Okay. So uh, and then how this change will affect it. So basically, let's use myself as an example. It, right now, if I'm arrested for a crime and, and there's a, for instance, a $10,000 bond the court places on me, I have a choice. I can go to the clerk's office, and that was a recent change to the practice book, and I can put 10% down. And as long as I follow up with all my court dates, I get that 10% back. Now, I can go the other route, and I can go to a bondsman, and I can up to $5,000, it's 10%. Over that, it's 7%. Now, if if I don't appear in court that bondsman has to either produce the the remainder of the bond to the court or produce me within 180 days. Mm -hmm. Now with the court systems, uh, with the bond process in the court system, if I don't appear in court and I choose instead to put the 10% down there, um, there's no one collecting the remainder and the only efforts to, uh, to bring me to court and to face the failure to appear is what's called the prawn warrant, which is a paperless rearrest system in Connecticut. Now, there are only two types of warrants that are in that system, violations of probation and failures to appear. So there's two different standards there, whereas uh, no one in the court system is collecting the remainder of the bond for someone who fails to appear, but yet a bondsman has to produce that that money. Mm -hmm. Now, the proposal that's going before the Judiciary Rules Committee today is to, right now, the threshold in court is $20,000 bond. You can put 10% down. Now, through the Rules Committee, they want to change the practice book to make that 50000 threshold and lower the percentage that the defendant would have to put down in court to 7%. Mm-hmm. So the problem with that is, number one, I think a, a change of that magnitude 
should go be through before the Judiciary Committee and have a public hearing and be mm-hmm. voted on by the people, uh, uh, by the people that were elected. Mm-hmm. I fear that I mentioned to you these prawn warrants. There's a lot of them out there. And after the police accountability bill was passed, we've had a reduction in the number of police and, frankly, a reduction in the proactive police work. Mm -hmm. So every police department in Connecticut has a drawer full of prawn warrants. Mm. The other other problem is if I put 7% down on a $50,000 bond and I decide, well, I'm I'm taking off. I'm going to Florida or I'm going to Texas. I'm out of here. Uh, Really, nobody's going to go looking for you. Really? I mean, isn't there no. isn't there state to state cooperation, or, or is that not an issue? Well, for the most part, there's extradition agreements with us in the New England states, but mm-hmm. Massachusetts, on the other hand, has made that more difficult. They don't even allow bondsmen to go there, but in this case, and a court ordered bond, and a court ordered a ten percent or seven percent put down. I'm not sure how Massachusetts would handle that, but we do have extradition between other states. But that has to be signed off on by uh, state's attorney's office, and we have to have cooperation from the other state. So it's just making it more difficult to get people to appear in court. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a victim of a crime, making it easier for people not not to face their charges doesn't seem like the right route to go in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't – you know, again, I, I'm concerned about this what appears to be national um, – lessening of of restriction on criminals in terms of letting them out without charges or lesser charges or or you know bail no bail um i I don't see how this helps make the residents of connecticut safer well I, i agree i think it just makes it easier for people not to face their charges i think it makes it easier for the criminal and certainly makes it more difficult on the victim to get justice. And we, we've had, we have a difficult time re- recruiting police now. Uh, and we, frankly, we have a difficult, difficult time. I think police are more like firemen these days. They're going to, they're reactive. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I'm not, not saying fire departments don't do their best to prevent fires, but, but they're, they're, they're putting out fires instead of doing proactive. I don't see police officers digging through the, these drawers of warrants, prawn warrants, look going to go out uh, and look for them because everything's being filmed. They're over scrutinized by the media and and by uh, the courts. So I, we were creating a perfect storm for increased crime. And not only have I worked on all sides of this, I, as as you may may or may not know, I worked for the judicial department for almost thirty years. I was a chief probation that. officer. Okay, didn't know that. Wow. So, so I, I, bird's eye view. <laughs> I, I really did. I was in it. I was also the victim of crime three times. Yeah. So uh, I, I had cars torn. I had uh, my house broken into. Uh, and I, I, of course, knew who the people were because mm-hmm. of my position. But uh, it's making it more and more difficult to enforce the laws and to hold people accountable for the charges that that uh, the, the courts are holding over their heads. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, you know, I mean, again, the problem we have here, we being conservatives slash Republicans, Republicans in general, we don't have the votes. We don't have the votes to stop something like this. So where where does it go at this point? This is this is currently an amendment, right? So no, what this is is the Judicial Rules Committee mm-hmm. is wants to make this change to the practice book, where I don't believe that's the right way to go about this. I think this should be a proposal that comes. Before the legislature yeah. in the form of a bill, 
And instead, what is what this I feel is is an underhanded way to completely uh, abolish the bail system and bondsman yep. system mm-hmm. that's holding holding criminals accountable. And as you said at the beginning of your program, it's making uh, it, it's going to spread to Connecticut. We've made it easier and easier. In, in, in my opinion, 16 and 17 year olds used to appear in, in, in uh, adult court back mm-hmm. uh, before the Malloy administration. We mm-hmm. had what was called youthful offender. He, he, he instituted raise the age. Then all of a sudden car threat theft went through the, through the roof because these older criminals send out the 16 and 17 year olds to steal the cars because there's almost no accountability because they go to the, not to say that the juvenile court doesn't do a good job, but there's really, there's, there's nothing. Uh, the juvenile court doesn't have as, as stiff penalties as the adult court, as you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll see how this works out. But I, I, again, I have my, you know, in the fact that you're doing this, this is like taking something and sticking it on an implement, an implementer bill and, and, you know, get it voted on at midnight Friday night. Um, I wonder if they're worried uh, about this bill because if if this had such widespread support, why wouldn't they make it a regular bill and put it before the House? Why why would they try to sneak it in a different way? I guess. Well, I think they know it would be be scrutinized and it wouldn't be so easy. So I just don't. I I think this is. uh, uh, It's it's just going to create a perfect storm of of crime in Connecticut. Mm. And I, I agree. It should be it should be a bill that gets scrutinized, and instead it's going through. Uh, the Judiciary Rules Committee, which is just, in my mind, not re- not the right way to do things. Yeah, yeah. Talking with Patrick Callahan, 108th District uh, state, Republican State Rep. What? Um, I'm I, again on every committee, right? Republicans are outnumbered, so I mean, there's even on the judiciary side. I mean, there's we can't stop this, right? Or well, at this point, it's not even before us, so I can't stop it. So what's going on today is I submitted testimony and. Uh, the minority leader, Vin Candelora, submitted uh, written testimony. The hearing is actually going on in the Rules Committee today up in Hartford. Okay. So I've already submitted uh, my concerns. And so it, it, it's it's not something that the judiciary has a hand in other than I submitted testimony like any member of the public could. So is there something that we can do, uh, Pat? What, do you, what can we do as voters? Is there something we could do today? That would well, maybe the hearing's going on today. Yeah. So uh, it's over. I believe it's over in the Supreme Court. And mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know what voters can do today. I think what you're doing today and just making the people aware of it certainly should uh, inform the Judiciary, Judiciary Rules Committee mm-hmm. that there is there is more grave concern than than I think they counted mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I just so, I, I just think we, we've, we're going to create a situation like you said at the beginning of your program that we're going to have this this crime wave spread even further into, into Connecticut with with rules like this that don't hold uh, the criminal accountable. And frankly, I think it's an underhanded way to completely get rid of the bail system. Well, and, and, you know, and, and it's just human nature. This is what's so baffling to me about people on the left. It's human nature that criminals do what criminals do. And if there's less consequence or no consequence for what criminals do, they're just going to repeat, repeat the behavior. I mean, it's not going to, you know, we're not gonna, oh, you know what? I think I'm not going to do that burglary or break-in or carjacking because they, they lowered my, my bail threshold. I mean, that, that's, not, that's not the kind, you know, no one's thinking that. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't see the value. Again, I think the job of government is to protect its citizens. I don't see how this protects citizens in the state I, of Connecticut. I agree. And the nuts and bolts of it, as I started off our discussion with, 
is nobody's if you're putting seven percent down on fifty thousand dollars and you fail to appear nobody's coming after you for the balance no money has been collected during this program so why does one entity meaning a bondsman have to be held to such high standards and produce the money but yet when there's a uh, a mirrored system started through the courts there's no accountability uh monetary accountability there so so if i if i if i commit a crime and i have to uh, you know i have to i get arrested whatever and i and i and i'm, and I'm in jail so i call my bail guy and um you know i i make my call and and, and they come and, and they're going to they're they're going to present the bond right they're going to present the bond and i only have to pay you know uh 7% is that it 7% of Ten percent up to five thousand, seven percent over that, and that, okay. and you can amortize that over fifteen months. So for a fifty thousand dollar bond, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay thirty five hundred bucks. Is that is that right at seven percent? Correct. Okay. You know, I'm not doing the math in my head, but, but that I'm not right. I'm not paying it. The bail guy's paying it. Is that no, correct? you're paying the you're paying the bail guy, the bondsman. You're okay. gonna pay him that seven percent up okay. front for mm-hmm. him for him to be on the hook for the rest of the money. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know why I'm certainly not getting into that business. That doesn't sound like a good investment to me. I mean, you're trusting you're trusting a criminal to. I mean, obviously not everyone gets arrested as a criminal. Sometimes just things happen in life. No, yeah, people that. make mistakes. But but <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, all right. So what? All right. So you're saying it's a hearing now, and you think it's it, it's at the Supreme Court level? Uh, well, I, I'm not sure where they hold their meetings, honestly. Uh, what, what, what could be the I, outcome? I guess is my question, Pat. What could be the outcome? The of outcome this? is they, the outcome today is they could they could they could have a committee meeting, yeah. listen to the public input, yeah. f- like from myself or Representative Canelora, mm-hmm. and we we stated our concerns, and they can either move forward and change the practice book yeah. to implement this, or they can decide to table it or or or, or not do it. So I'm interested in what the results are going to be today. And my guess is not too many people in Connecticut know that this is happening. I, I didn't know it was happening, quite frankly, until I read about it today, this morning. Um, Which is why I think it should be a legislative action. And yeah, I'm on the I Judiciary agree. Committee. It should go through the Judiciary Committee, get aired out in a public hearing through the legislature. I just think it's too grave of a change yeah, it's to be done uh, with, with a sweep of a hand in the practice book. Too small, too small of a group of people making a decision. That's why we have the system we have, so that people can debate, talk about it, get it out in the open, just have, it, have it out and expose the sunlight. All right, hey, all right. so can, can, you, um, can you come back later in the week and just kind of give us where this, where this landed, uh, the hearing? Is that possible? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I can do that. I'd be happy to. All right, I'll, I'll I'll connect with your office and we'll we'll figure it out what's best for you. I'm thinking I'm thinking. Uh, oh, actually, I'm not okay. So um, how how about uh, no? That won't work either. You know what? I, I, we'll, we'll have to follow. I'm looking at my schedule now. We'll have to follow beginning of next week. Maybe we can do that on Monday next week, and, and see good. how that works out. I'll contact your office. All right, Pat, Pat Callahan, uh, state Republican. Representative, 108th District, thank you very much for your time today, and, and uh, we'll, we'll have you back soon. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, we've got, we're going to take a break, and we'll have time to finish out with a couple of calls. 860-522-9842. What do you think of this? Do you think that we should make it easier for criminals to get, to, to get out in jail? Do you think we should lower bond? We can lower the church? And, and not even do it through legislature. Just do it through a little hearing and a handful of Democrats making the decision. Is that the way we do things around here? Apparently, maybe so. Give us a call. We'll take a break. We'll come back, finish out the show with your call. 860-522-9842. Right here, Monday edition of Wilmer Roddy Show. We'll be right back. 
Listen to the Will Marotti Show on the free Odyssey app. Download and like WTIC and follow Will Marotti today. All right. We get time for one more call. If you go right now, we can get you in. Right now, 860-522-9842. So, you know, they're going after gas, gas stoves. Pretty soon it'll be gas grills. Uh, now the new thing is uh, they they want you they the the climate terrorists they want us this is from from realclearenergy.org dot uh, org the climate terrorists want us to not mow our lawn uh, in the month of May. That's right. No no mowing your lawn in the month of May because it'll cut down on the negative impact of. You know, gas guzzling lawnmowers, <laughs> uh, and, and, and not only gas guzzling lawn, but water guzzling lawns, and chemical starved lawn. I mean, it just, just just don't mow your lawn. Don't mow your lawn for a month. Can you imagine what that would look like if you didn't mow your lawn for a month? I mean, our our lawn gets mowed every every week. We mow lawn every week, and 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 actually, in this time of year, it almost needs twice a week because it's growing so rapidly. Um, true, true. Do not mow your lawn. Just no, no, no mow May. It's what. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, uh, we're out of time. Thank you so much, uh, Steve Bucci. Thank you, Patrick Callahan. Thank you for being on. Uh, calls. Thank you. Uh, Charles and Waterbury still love you. We don't agree. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, Matt, awesome job. Hey, uh, listen, great day out there. Enjoy the day. God bless you. Love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.